The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 85. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts the study of 2 Timothy. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today, we're going to jump into the second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy, who had been sort of a young apprentice of Paul's in Ephesus, who he's left behind as he's gone on to other ministry. And this is obviously written later in Paul's ministry. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. It's interesting to note that in a letter at the time, you started with who you were rather than ending it as we do with our letters, and then you go on to who it's addressed to, and that's a fairly standard form. According to the promise of life that is Christ Jesus is an interesting phrase that Paul starts with here. To Paul, his understanding of Jesus is that Jesus is life, not just brings life, but that his whole life is wrapped up in Jesus. He goes on to say, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Paul has this loving relationship with Timothy. He sees Timothy as a spiritual son. As it says, Paul was a bachelor. Paul didn't have any children in Timothy sort of fulfills that role for Paul, and one of the reasons why Paul writes him these two letters. And as he is thinking of Timothy, he longs to see him, and would be joyful to see him again. And he is reminded, as he thinks of Timothy, of the faith that has been in Timothy's family. Timothy is a young man, and he is young enough that Paul knows both his mother and his grandmother, who apparently have also shown this faith that has been evident in Timothy even as a young man. In the first Timothy, you remember that Paul said, let no one look down on you for your youthfulness. Paul has left Timothy in a position of authority, a pastor basically at this church in Ephesus. And despite the fact he is young, he has this foundation of faith that makes him appropriate for that position. And Paul's saying, It's not surprising when I think of the faith that I have seen in your family, specifically in the women of your family, in Lois and in Eunice. And he says, fan into flame the gift of God. We can be given gifts of God and not use them. And I think that's partly what Paul is saying here. Whatever gift we're talking about, Paul says that when they laid hands and prayed for Timothy, Timothy received this gift And whether it's a gift of teaching or of preaching or whatever it is, he says, use this, fan into flame the gift of God, to bring life into it, breathe into it. Don't let it just sit there. And then he says this great line here, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. He's encouraging Timothy here 
that the gifts that he's been given, he is supposed to use. He's not supposed to be timid about using them, but he is use them with the power and the love and the self-discipline that God has given him, that are given to him through the Holy Spirit. Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me as his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. So Paul encourages Timothy not to be ashamed either about Jesus or to be ashamed of Paul, who is now, by this time in his ministry, a prisoner. And then he says, join me in suffering. There is something that is not likely to become part of our Sunday morning services, that we encourage people to join in suffering. But that is what Paul is doing to Timothy. Paul is saying, I am suffering here because of my faith. I encourage you to have that faith, even knowing that it might lead to the situation that I'm in. Because God has called Paul and Timothy both, he says, to a holy life by the power of God. He's called them to something more, holy, set apart for God's use. We are called to be a holy people elsewhere in the Bible, set apart for God's use. We are intended to be useful people used by God. And that may, in Paul's case, it says, lead to suffering. But he encourages us to have that life by the power of God because of God's own purpose and grace. Purpose, God has plans. God intends to accomplish some things and wants to use us to do that. I don't use the phrase needs us to do that as some do because I think God can find another way, but God chooses to use us and wants to use us. And God's grace, again, grace, that unmerited favor, that good thing we don't deserve. That grace given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, even before the fall, God had the plan of how he would save, is how I read this. But it's now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light. What a great, upbeat thing to say, especially from this person who is a prisoner for his faith. He looks at his situation and he understands he serves a God who destroyed death, who allowed him to escape from that path, who revealed has brought life and immortality to light. They were there, but he has uncovered them. And Paul says, of this he is a herald, an apostle, and a teacher, a herald, one who goes before the king and brings the good news of his coming. He understands that he is not the good news, but he is the one who goes before. An apostle, if he looks behind him, he sees the church that he is coming from who has sent him out, apostolos, apostolos, to be sent so he is one who is bringing the good news, who has been sent by the church, and he is a teacher. He understands that when he goes there, his role is to help people to understand this gospel, this good news. And he says that is why he's suffering. 
he's convinced that God is able to guard what he has entrusted to him. Now, I wonder what that might be. I think there are different ways of it interpreting this. I see this as the people that God has given to Paul through this ministry of being an apostle. That Paul is confident that God will guard and keep them. I don't know if that's the correct meaning here, but that's at least one way of interpreting this. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. One other place in Paul's letters, he says that the Holy Spirit is a down payment. Well, this is not what he's talking about here. He's talking about some other deposit that he would guard with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I think that would be the start of faith. That's my guess here. It says, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Or maybe it's that down payment of love. That is, a taste of what's going to come. It's not the whole thing. It's just a, a deposit. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Paul has here good news and bad news. He says, you know that everyone from Asia, Ephesus, where Timothy is, would be in Asia. Everyone from there has deserted me, as Paul is in chains in Rome. But he says, there was one who was faithful, who was helpful, who refreshed me. I think of how encouraging we can be to one another when we are in situations like Paul found himself in, whether it's visiting brothers in prison, whether it be visiting someone who is sick, whether it be visiting someone who is despondent, we can refresh one another. And that's the role that this brother has done for him and has done in the past as well. This is someone with the gift of encouragement and how wonderful when we can be that refreshing encouragement to one another. And with that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any comments, feel free to send them to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.